On this episode of Draft Capital, Chris and I are joined by Tyler Rucker. Tyler is the host of the Backward Violation podcast and is also the conductor of chaos over at No Ceilings. Tyler joins us today to talk about the top international prospects and just give us some insight on how he looks at the NBA and talks about some of his big projects he has in the works. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be right back with you after this short break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Draft Capital here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me is good friend and co-host of the show, Chris LeBron. Chris, what's up, my man? Nothing much, Stephen, man. Uh, you know, obviously, you see me rocking the Knicks hat, so I'm um, you know, feeling good about my New York Knickerbockers and, and, and always... Uh, fun times chopping up with you talking uh talking draft so and all these prospects so i'm excited about today's show yeah and hey man this is uh you know we both have shows on the nothing minute channel on dash radio but today is the first time that we can actually officially introduce draft capital on the uh, nothing minute channel on dash radio as well man how does that feel another show man seems like off the ball network we, we got a lot of a lot of great content on, on the uh, on on dash radio so i'm excited to have draft capital on it you know you know the draft is you know it's just it's something that started my kind of my ascent in the, in the basketball world you know kind of got that start off i remember having my first pot like my first big guest you know uh uh was matt babcock and talking draft so the draft is near and dear to my heart. Talking prospects is something I, I enjoy. So to get that on a bigger stage now, you know, uh, I've done some obviously with my show and you've done it with your show, but now to have our own exclusive show where we're talking prospects is is definitely dope. So I'm excited to for the world to hear to hear us talk prospects. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, good friend Kenneth Cotterell is just kind of live responding. He said a couple of goats. Uh, we're wrong about Scotty Barnes, myself included. I mean, we could talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, you know, I wouldn't I, say I, wrong. I'll just, admit I'm wrong. Just I'll a little, you know, we didn't see this. I didn't see this happening this quick. But, uh, you know, uh, it always came down to the offense with him. Like, if he figured out offense, I mean, that was the biggest thing. But, like, and not to go off, but, like, we see this a lot with a lot of kids. Like, they get kind of, you know, held back a bit you know, mm -hmm. in college and you don't see the full bag. And in the NBA, you're going to be allowed to, to show your bag, you know, and we're seeing with Cole Anthony too, right now, Cole Anthony's having yeah. a pretty good season. So he's at 18 and eight right now. And I knew I, he was one, I was like, so people were low on mm -hmm. and I was like, no, like he's going to actually going to be a better pro than he was in college. So it seems yeah. like that's so far going on with Scotty Barnes and a few other guys, but uh, you know, Scotty's going to be a go one. But if, gets that offense going and he figures out everything to shooting he's definitely gonna be an all-star well you know who else is an all-star it's gonna yes. be tonight's guest you know he's listen to this chris i'm just gonna read off his resume you were talking about all these other illustrious backgrounds and stuff like this so my man is the host of the backcourt violation podcast and never heard of this title before but he is also the conductor of chaos never heard yes. of this before have you heard of that title I haven't. I haven't. But he is, you know, he is a social media. He's good with those videos. He makes th these videos that just are, you know, I've used a few few of them to us uh, to uh, uh, on my end, you know, because they're just great. But uh, he, he's definitely uh, one of the best out here. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I've been kind of low-key stalking him. I'll, I'll go ahead and put it out there like that. I've been low-key stalking him for a little while. And I think that we've done, my man, far too much of an injustice just to keep him waiting in the back. So we'll go ahead and bring him on. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Rucker. Tyler, what's uh, up, my guy? How are we doing? That was a heck of an introduction. Thank you, guys. Hey, that's what we do here. Ain't that right, Chris? Yes, that's what we do. We got to big up the guests, you know, and, and you definitely are one of the best, are you? So uh, happy to have you on the show, Tyler. No, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, talk some draft and just excited to be here. I've been wanting to hang out with you guys and talk some hoops. So whoever said uh, Scotty Barnes, yes, I can't believe both of you guys were wrong on him because I've been a big Scotty guy. So yeah, had to get that out there. But um, we'll no, talk I'm, about I'm that. I'm excited to be here. Go ahead, run a victory lab, dude. That's what we do on this show. No, Go ahead, run no, a victory I don't lab. like to brag, but no, I just you know I exactly what Chris said. I thought it was going to take a little bit for the offense to come around. It's come around a lot quicker than I think a lot of us were expecting, but I just saw a guy at Florida state that I thought was going to make an impact. Now I'd be lying if I said this much of an impact, but uh, <laughs> no, he's been, he's been fantastic. And this whole previous draft class has just been awesome. So it's going to be a fun year of hoops. Yeah. yeah no he, he just had that. a play where he went, what, three, he took three dribbles and, and got to the pass. Like it, it oh. was insane. Like it looked like Giannis. Like, it's freaky. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. I was about to say that it looked very Giannis like it's, and that's crazy. It's shades crazy. of Draymond shades of Giannis in his game. I mean, <laughs> my man's taken off. He's, he's kind of one of these, you know, Swiss army knives that everybody in the NBA is wanting for. And I don't think that the defense was ever in question, mm -hmm. but like we were just touching on, you know, that offense was, kind of the, the the area that we thought that he might might could improve on in the pros and we all kind of thought that it might be a gradual work in progress but you know here he is just casually carrying the you know former nba champion toronto raptors on his back as a rookie it's pretty phenomenal so tyler we brought you on today uh to talk a little bit about some the international prospects now mm -hmm. for the listeners and the viewers last week they'll remember chris and i spoke about these guys as well but Tyler, you know, before we get into this, uh, you know, kind of what's your philosophy when you watch prospects, when you're analyzing film, especially with the international players, right? Because it's always like a little bit of, you know, mystery. You know, Chris, you remember that's what we titled our last show is, you know, the international men of mystery. It's always kind of hard to gauge how translatable their game is from the European style of play. But we also touched on, Tyler, that it's also if you're going to be an international player and play in the NBA, now is the time to where I think that you can get the most bang for your buck, you know, and scouts are finding it a little bit more easier to see, okay, you know, an Alperin Shangun, for example, Tyler, you know, he's getting a little bit of love and we all saw the, the scoring. I don't think enough people were talking about the passing. A lot of people worried about the defense, but he's getting a lot of love and he's one of these international players. What's kind of your philosophy when you're looking at a prospect and how they'll translate to today's NBA? Yeah, it's 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 kind of funny in a weird way. It's two different evaluations. Now, when you're talking about guys from the United States, you know, you've usually got great athletes, um, just high flying players that can get up and down the court and do incredible things, you know. But when you come to the international prospects, you know, fun little background, which makes sense of the story. I spent actually a year coaching overseas and I wanted to do that to kind of learn how international players, you know, how they process, what's their mind. And one of the first things I ever got told when I was over there was 
we know we're never going to be able to be the athletes that the Americans are. So we have to beat them with our mind. And mm. if you watch international prospects, you can see that they're very detail oriented. You know, they like to play in within a system. Fundamentals are usually outstanding. You know, they have an understanding of playing de team defense, rotations, all the little stuff that I'm not saying prospects in the United States can't do, but there's just a little bit more of an importance that, hey, we can't get by on our athleticism. We got to be smart upstairs. So, you know, guys like Luka Doncic, mm. Luka, people were saying, hey, he might not be quick enough where it was like, well, he also has an amazing feel to the game and understands how to set up defenders, see lapses in the defense. So, you know, when you're evaluating that, you got to kind of almost watch it in a different way. And it's, it's challenging, but it's also fantastic because it's just different types of basketball that, you know, the international game keeps growing and it keeps getting stronger and these prospects keep getting better and there's more of a desire to come over to the NBA now. So, um, no, it's, it's fantastic, but definitely two different types of evaluation when you're watching the United States compared to international. Yeah, no doubt about that. Chris, you know, a good friend of our show, uh, Zach Ramey, he, when he talks about these international players, he, he talks about the development of hip hop, right? And how like the hip hop culture has spread globally now, you know, it's not just, you know, affiliated only with American players, but we've seen pictures, you know, of Nikola Jokic with cornrows and wearing an <laughs> Allen Iverson jersey and things like that, you know, certain players in, in America, you know, or domestic prospects have gone on and had great and tremendous NBA careers and have left an imprint across the world. And now we see guys, we're going to touch a few on a few that have the swag. You know, they have this NBA style. You, you refer to some of these guys as having like a New York basketball point guard mentality, right? So let's go ahead and just touch on again, you know, how, how you're looking at these international prospects before we get into some of these guys individually. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a really interesting class this year. Um, there's some guy, a lot of these notable guys that have been generating some buzz have gotten off to slow starts. And mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, from what I've heard, it's got people a little scared, you know, just because they're kind of waiting for someone to get going, get in a good little rhythm and separate themselves from the pack. So I think there could be some movement, you know, from what we're seeing right now. And obviously, I mean, we're only four or five games into the year with the international crop for some teams and college basketball hasn't even like started. So there's always going to be movement with boards and rankings and stuff like that, but it's going to be interesting. There's some great prospects. I think there's a couple that I wouldn't be surprised if they start making some noise and start climbing in a hurry. So I'm just waiting for, that stretch run where we start going, okay, that switch is hit. That guy's getting in a rhythm. He's got some confidence. And I think NBA scouts and personnel are also, you know, patiently waiting for someone to take the next step. You, you mentioned with Luca before, right? And the mm -hmm. athleticism and people, you know, especially when Luca was coming out, that was the big thing was, uh, well, he's not an athlete. So, it's not going to translate. And we, and it seems like once Luca kind of changed all that, like I feel like a lot of people have changed their tune on how they evaluate a lot of overseas guys. Cause now Absolutely. it's like, okay, well, Luca 
Luca, you got Jokic, guys like that who, you know, we me might have better verts than them. You know, you know, on, <laughs> if I ice, put some icy hot on my knees, I might be able to. Might, might be able to. Do might. It. I might, might, I might get better, up there still. So I, I might you. get up there. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, have a better vert than, than Jokic. But like, how how has that changed? You know, has it changed for you as far as evaluating guys? Like, not focusing so much on the athleticism because it seems like. The last few years since Luca has come out and kind of changed it, changed the game. That like, okay, we don't focus so much on. Oh, he's not an athlete; it's not going to translate to the league. Like, how have you been able to to uh, differentiate differentiate the the athleticism, you know, uh, and not being an athlete? Yeah, um, no, I've kind of talked about it before um, when I went on Draft Deeper with Nathan and. You know, I made a joke with him. I said, it kind of sounds ridiculous, but when I watch a guy, the first thing I say is like, can he play basketball? Can he, is he a hooper? Like if I'm going to put him around four other NBA guys, is he going to make a like contribution or is he going to be a guy that, okay, he can't stay on the floor. Mm -hmm. And with someone like Luca, you know, it was, it's a rare case that I don't know if we're ever going to see for a really long time because Luca had the resume that a lot of people were just like, well, and it was like, no, he was playing in the toughest mm -hmm. league from, you know, 15, 16, which you just don't see there. Getting and real minutes was, too. Yeah. And getting minutes and producing and winning all these awards. So Luca was just like up here. And I think that was the type of guy that we were nitpicking. Like, eh, is he quick enough? And I was like, okay. There's kind of quick guys in bit, Euro you know? League, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, he didn't have that physique either, too. So yes. I think a lot of people looked at that his physique, and then oh, he's not an athlete, and I think that's why people may have not been like, all right, he's just going to be another international guy with all hype, and he won't be special. But obviously, like you mentioned, you just can he ball, mm -hmm. and he can clearly bought you know and it's not going to be the way that we we think it is with the nba with all these super athletes he's not going to do it like westbrook does it right right Where right he's an athletic you know a prime derrick rose you know he, he does mm -hmm. it different and he's it's going to be slow methodical but he's he's a, he's an assassin right mm -hmm. he's still an yeah. assassin he's just going to do it in a different way you know yeah. he's going to do it he's going to you know position you in a different way and, and it's just i feel like that's really changed since then how people look at the international guys they're not focused on the athletic ability right yeah and, and just real quick tyler too like if he's if he's dominating and he looks the way he does and it feels like he's slower and stuff like that you know how much does that also downplay the credibility of those that he's playing against too right you know right what i mean it's i think for years it's been funny there's been some miscom like confusion if you want to put it that way but uh misunderstanding is what i was looking for but that like the euro league wasn't as good of a league you know if you went to if you went to go play overseas it was like this negative thing and it's like no there's a lot of guys that don't make an nba go play in euro league kind of reinvent themselves mm -hmm. as a basketball player because they got to play smart they got to play team mm -hmm. ball and then nba teams want to go get those guys back because pj tucker of, yes pj tucker you know there's plenty of guys that have gone over there it, um Marotich, who was with you know milwaukee forever and it's just, it's a different type of game. And, you know, going back to what Chris was asking with like Luca, you know, when you watch Shangun as a prospect, it, mm -hmm. it was the exact same story. It was not a great athlete, not the quickest. Everyone was like, well, is he going to be able to defend people? And it's like, well, he was 
incredible with his vision and feel for the game. Ooh. So he understood how yep. I'm not a great athlete. I got to position myself to be yep. a step ahead. I got to mm -hmm. read players and rotate quicker. And his footwork was fantastic. So you just phenomenal. You had to look at those little details when you're watching the international game. And I understand that people got, you know, salty about <laughs> international prospects because we had a streak of, you know, Mm -hmm. um dragon bender guys like that that just Vessi, out. yeah Vessi, and, you know yeah, and Vessi, it, yeah. it's just it happens though with it happens with united states prospects exactly so, right exactly. exactly and i tell people that too like i mean they're like oh man these international guys they're not panning out it's like well there's a whole bunch of american born <laughs> players that went top five top yep. you know, the number one pick and you know uh oh uh anthony uh anthony uh bennett he didn't work out like this the plenty this there's plenty of stories of that. So, like, you know, you just can't get sour because one international prospect didn't work out. And then, like, right. oh, no, they're all the same. You know, uh, you know, if, if it's if a Frenchman, right? Like, with Theo Meldon, like, people didn't like him, especially, like, in the Knicks community because I was high on him. I, I liked mm -hmm. him a lot. And people were like, nah, he's Frank Nilakina. I was like, that's a lazy. You're being lazy Super because lazy. it's the same it's number, exactly. right? It's just he wears the same. He wears 11. He's French. And it's like, no, no, guys, guys, it's he's not even the same player. He's more, he has more, you know, he has more of a bag on offense. Like he's more, you know, so it's like, that's a lazy comparison. You're just thinking, oh, Frank Milikina, and then you just have these, you know, these panic attacks. <laughs> and it's like, no, you actually, you know, it's different and all that, you know, but, it, you know, I, people get scared about international prospect. It's, it's oh. really, you know, like you mentioned before, and mystery, there's so much mystery because there's, yep. for a lot of people, they don't have the access to, right? Exactly. You know, if they don't have the access and they're just getting it off, you know, clips off YouTube that are too minutes long and they don't like it they're like oh he's slow he's playing against guys or that here's you know, Stephen a smith make fun yeah. of a dude's last name or yeah something yeah rostonis like you know or they, they look yeah. like guys you know like the Giannis film like he's playing against guys that are working nine to fives you know so it's like oh well, how good can he be if he's working again he's playing against you know just regular jokes you know yeah it, I, I completely agree go ahead steven yeah, I was just going to say, it, it's funny how that happens. But, you know, Tyler, we're going to get more um, specific with these players. But before we do, we just want to remind the listeners that support for Draft Capital is powered by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag and use promo code OFFTHEBALL, which is for Off the Ball Network, the place where Chris and I contribute to. Um, for a great deal, MyBookie matches 50% of your first deposit and up to $1,000 cash money. Chris, it's a good deal, ain't it? Oh, yeah. Very good deal. You know, I haven't had a good few weeks on it but you know it still is a, it's a very the good site's deal, good man. chris just don't don't take betting advice from chris is what i'm no please don't stuff. do the opposite please <laughs> i tell everyone don't listen to me let's go listen to kenneth and then the other guys and pat, pat on the yep. network don't mm -hmm. listen to me man i'm awful i'm awful yeah go to offtheballnetwork.com <laughs> and read um pat and kenneth's betting articles and you will make money chris and he he needs to take his own advice and do that too yeah i know i know i'm <laughs> awful i i just I'm, I'm just bad i'm just really bad this whole thing so as the I'll, kids say it be like that sometimes so, <laughs> so Tyler, i want to yeah. lead off with a guy who I'm just going to go ahead and be completely honest with you. This is our first time working together. I want to be transparent, dude. I want you to trust me, okay? So um, right now, Hugo Besson, mm -hmm. you know, 6'3", kind of combo guard uh, from France. You know, six, Like I said, 6'3", about 200 pounds. To me, he kind of has a modern NBA guard type vibe about him. Chris, you spoke about he gives you kind of that New York point guard vibe. Um, 
last season, he shot about 48% from the floor, about 36% from deep, three assists per game, and only about 30 minutes per game. Tyler, you know, we, we talked about some of the guys that we might be mentioning tonight. I'm really big on Hugo Besson. Don't go breaking my heart. What do you think about him? I like him a lot. Um, really intrigued from – I watched his games last year. Um, he could shoot it. You know, he, he's got a really nice touch to his game. He's got just a good feel, an offensive kind of shooter's mentality where he has that little wiggle that can come right into a beautiful-looking shot, and mm -hmm. he's not afraid to shoot it, you know, which is good. But he's also just got to like to see the outside shooting numbers come up a little bit. And, you know, the only negative part about him really is that, you know, he, his age. You know, usually these international guys, they're 18, about to be 19 when they're drafted. And Hugo's going to probably be around 21 on draft day. Now, let's, yeah. you know, I'm one of the guys, like, I love production. I don't really care about an age. I was in love with Chris Duarte. I didn't care at all that he was 24. Um, so I think if, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if, you can, if you can come help out and – be a solid player, I fine. Unless you're 36 years old as a rookie, then I'm I'm gonna be okay with you. But no, really like Hugo. Um, gonna be intrigued. You know, there's two prospects I've we're gonna talk about, including Hugo, that you've told me, and uh, they're both gonna be playing in the NBL this year, which mm -hmm. is a very physical league that is getting really good in a hurry. Um, I think Hugo's probably got the better chance to kind of adjust to that league quicker just because you know he he likes to shoot from outside but he he's a little nasty oh man. yeah like chris said he's got that new york mentality he's a little tough he'll he'll get mm -hmm. right at people and get downhill so i'm intrigued with him i'm, I'm thinking he's one of those guys that you know he kind of dipped his toe in the water for last year's draft and then kind of went back and I think he could heat up again. It's if he can produce at the NBL with that type of physicality, I think Hugo could be a little bit of a riser. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And Chris, I want to ask you this question. And obviously, Tyler, feel free to chime in on this as well. I think that Tyler did a good job of pointing out the level of physicality that he's going to be enduring in the NBL. What we're seeing in the NBA, Chris, we were just talking about this not too long before we started the show is that the rule changes in the NBA and how much they're affecting some of these kind of super mega stars that we've been mm -hmm. watching. And, you know, their, their production has gone down a little bit because they're so reliant on being able to get to the free throw line that's changing. So now here we have Hugo Besson going to play, you know, from France. Now he's going to be playing in the NBL. It's a little bit more physical. We've, we have seen a lot of guys who succeed in that league come over to the States as of late and, and produce at a really high clip. How do you think that that change in a, in in the location where he's going to be playing the league that he's going to be playing do you see that actually being beneficial kind of like how tyler was just saying yeah i definitely think it's gonna be beneficial and just just I, I think always playing and you know playing with older guys you know like and we so mentioned luca right he was playing with grown men at 16 years old i mean yep. just think about just any regular like 
just think about when you were younger playing against older guys like yeah it's that physicality and and that, and that can make and that can teach you a lot just all that so i think this is definitely going to benefit you and like you said we're seeing all these rule changes he's gonna he's gonna come into the league and understand that because you know we're seeing guys who are 10-year pros struggling with this you know we're seeing james harden struggle you know you know we're seeing bradley bradley beal shooting 34 percent from i think 35 35 36 ridiculous from the and the wizards are good 17 percent from three like he's struck, he's struck. Booker's averaging 18 points a game. Like we're seeing, you know, some of the elite players struggle. And so now, you know, you know, we're going to see, you know, you know, uh, some of these guys who are playing in these tougher leagues, you know, uh, have the, you know, be able to adjust once they go to the league and be prepared where we're seeing some of these guys who are so used to, you know, manipulating the rules and, and, and that struggle a bit, you know, and not adapting, but you know, it, it's it's crazy how you know much it's changed the game so far. We're not seeing a bunch of guys averaging thirty, you know, thirty three points a game. You mm-hmm. know, uh, which is which could be beneficial. You know, we're seeing more physicality, which is something we definitely want to see. And um, I definitely enjoy more and more physicality and all. I think most people are appreciating that. You know, so uh, you know he'll he'll definitely be ready to go. Like I said, we mentioned with with, uh, with him last week. You know, Besson's going. He's one of my favorite players in this class, and I'm really looking forward to see how he progresses as a player this year. And Tyler, just I want to kind of give that right back to you. I talked to Chris about the rule changes. Think that Hugo is going to be able to kind of take advantage of that with the coming out of the NBA a little bit, or do you just you're kind of at a wait and see. I know it's really early on, and we don't got a lot of current film on him for you know for obviously for the cl- for this season that he will have be coming into the draft right. So what do you think? Yeah, I, I think he'll be ready to go. You know, you're that's the one thing about the NBL is you'll find out in a hurry. You know, they're they're gonna push you, they're gonna challenge you. So you can't be soft in that league. So I, I think Hugo will be ready to roll. Um, you know, similar guy, like not not as tall as him, but Josh Giddy was a little thin framed Australian guard that got pushed around the NBL, but he look at what he's doing as a rookie right now. Oh, so I think Off to a good those start. international. Yeah. I mean, those international guys, they're a lot tougher than you know, people from the United States think. So I, I promise you, I know it. Like I, yeah. there is some dogs overseas. So um, no, it'll be, it'll be good to go. Cause if he isn't good to go, the players in the NBL will let him know right away. So. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now, one of the the notes that, you know, I hate calling it a weakness, Tyler, mm-hmm. because obviously these guys are young, even though he's kind of older for a young guy, if if that makes sense, right? But, um, you know, I like to focus on kind of like areas of improvement for them. And one thing that based on the film that I saw, Tyler, I think that he has a tendency to go for more of the pretty play than maybe sometimes the right play. And now I know in the, the NBA kind of, has done its best to facilitate that level of play. We're looking at guys like LaMelo Ball given a, a heck of a season, and he throws these over his head without looking across the court, you know, to the corner passes. I could see Besson giving those, but sometimes I think that that might give the best of him. What are some of the areas that you saw that's like, okay, he, you agree that he looks really good, but what are some of the areas that might that give you a little bit of concern? I would see the shot selection, you know, it's going to be like that when you're coming from, I don't want to say lesser leagues, but when you're the guy and you're the clear yeah. guy, you're probably going to take some more confident shots. And, you know, Hugo's got some shots where, you know, he's 
catching it flat footed from six feet beyond the arc and then all of a sudden splashing it from deep. And you're just like, Whoa, but he's also taking some of those that aren't close. So you kind of need to just balance it and you want to see strides in other areas. You want to see, can he be a creator for his teammates? Can he drive and make the right reads? I mean, that's going to be something that, especially playing in the NBL, they're going to want to see if you can not just be an outside threat. You can also be a more complete guard. And I, I do think Hugo is going to have a chance to really, you know, start buzzing. I I'm, I'm a fan. The more I've watched him, the more I'm like, okay, I'm going to need to circle that name and track yep. him as much as possible. Like there's just a lot of tools I like with his game. For sure. And a lot of these domestic players that, you know, come November 9th, you, when the season kicks up, it's, it's going to be hard to remember to go back to these guys. I'm like you though, Tyler, he, he's a name that I have circled. And I know that, you know, on maybe a weekend or an off day, I'm going to be like, all right, let me see what Hugo Besson's up to, you know, instead of watching, you know, the Pac-12 be a really good, you know, league this year or, or division of the NCAA. But we'll shift gears now. And Chris, I know that we both like this guy too, Nikola Jovic. And he up until I started look at really my get- look at my smile look at my face <laughs> that's you, the smile everyone's gonna have Chris you, I promise I, uh, I I grin I'm like a, like a kid at Christmas just when, when you <laughs> when I hear that name I just smile I just I just love this guy and it's not Nikola Jokic you know it's close it's Nikola Jovic and uh you Tyler again I'm gonna be honest with you man I like you a lot so Nikola Jovic is the guy who was my number one prospect until I started looking into Hugo Besson film and just because I have Hugo Besson as my number one guy you know I know that NBA players are really against being called number twos they prefer the the term 1b he might be my 1b guy in in, in this year's draft what are you thinking about Nikola Jovic and how he'll he'll translate I don't know if love is a strong enough word. No, no, I, no um, that's the perfect word. Hey, man, Tyler, let's just edit it out. Just that is no, the perfect word. You, feel, you could bro. say it. You could no, say no, it. No, I'll, I'll say it for you. I'll give you. I'll give you both sides. I'll be realistic. I don't want to sugarcoat it. We want some harsh truth. Um, absolutely love him. I'm very intrigued. Very excited to watch him throughout the year. Um, great size, intriguing playmaking abilities. Got some wiggle. I think he's around 6'10". Mm-hmm. Just sees the floor well, kind of knows what to do, and and he's aggressive. And um, playing in a really good competition with Mega. Serbians are monsters. Yes. I will say that again. Serbians are vicious monsters. Oh, like Something man. about that cold weather environment. Yeah. If you can hey, it's nice ass. there. I've been there. It's great. It's yeah. it's Very tough. fun city. <laughs> but... Um, no, Serbians just, I don't know how to explain it. They just have that mentality. And if Chris wants to say New York mentality, that is Serbian mentality. It's oh, on I mean, a different level. There's New they York. Are, Serbs. They don't mess yeah, with Serbs. They're nasty. <laughs> they're, they, they practice hard. They work hard. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're everything you want. Um, but I will say he's gone off to a little slow start. Yes, and he has. It's definitely with the outside shooting. I think he's going to be probably the the darling of international prospects at the end of the year. I think everyone's just going to be so intrigued with the tools that he has, but I'm patiently waiting for the stretch. He needs to have a stretch of like three or four games in a row where he's producing. And I think I just, before coming on here, I saw his last game. I think he had like 12 points, but 
Yeah. Two for two from outside. Like, so just get some consistency. Now let's see a little stretch of games, but no, I mean, he's great. The, the excitement is real. The tools are real, but just need to get like, I think what I was talking about earlier, I think he's the guy that could separate himself from the pack. Mm but he needs to flip that switch and it might not be for a couple weeks. It might be towards the end of the year. Um, but I do think that, you know, from what I've heard, there's plenty of fans. They just are waiting for the, the leap. If you want to say it that way. Yeah. And Chris, we talked about this last week, you know, he's essentially what we would look at as like a freshman prospect in the States now, right? He's still super young and he's already got a couple years of professional basketball under his belt. Let's just talk about what he did a little bit last season to where guys were, you know, looking at him and saying, ooh, you know, he might be like he could do a little something in today's NBA. He averaged almost 12 points in his play for or play for uh, Mega Baymax, as Tyler alluded to, shot about 49 percent from the floor, only about 27 from deep. And and Tyler, I'll I'll give this to you just real quick. Um, Shot mechanics. What do you think about when you look at Nikola Jovic and his shot mechanics? Do you think? that he might need to kind of do a little bit of polishing. Do you you just think that it's there, but just for whatever reason, it it has a hard time being consistent. What what do you look at, at his long ball and, and what might be there? That's kind of honing it, honing him back a little bit. I mean, he, he's a big, he's a big boy, 6'10". And like you guys said, he, you know, he's 18, you know, like he's going to take some time to develop Mm -hmm. a shot. I think, you know, I understand when a guy is a shot that's brutal, you know, but I don't think he's in that category. But, you know, these guys are going to work on it throughout the year. You know, Denny Avdia was a guy overseas that everyone was questioning his shot. And then all of a sudden, end of the year, it looks like he's put on some weight in his upper body and the shot looks all smooth. And everyone's like, wait, wait, wait. He just had four <laughs> games of shooting 45% from three. What's going on? So yeah. I think we we fascinate with how we can nitpick prospects yeah. and i'm guilty of it too but i also think you know when it comes around to the end of the day like these guys are going to spend time working on it they know that they're shot struggling they're going to put in some work and you know they're going to get shooting coaches that work with their mechanics so if he continues to shoot 20% the entire year then we could start to be like okay <laughs> getting a little nervous now but um i'm one of those people of like okay i've seen the shot in the beginning of the year let me see how it progresses if it's still not falling then maybe you raise some red flags but still a little early um just with a guy like jovic it's he knows what his specialties are so mm-hmm. he's not gonna be falling in love with the three ball because he's like i'm 610 i could put it on the floor and get around people but you know, NBA guys are going to want to see eventually like, okay, can you become a more complete player? And I think we'll see, but I'm not too worried about it now. I just, if it shows some signs, then that'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. And and Chris, I'll give this to you. Just, you know, three assists per game. That looks nice too, especially considering the fact that he only played about 26 minutes per game. So you kind of prorate that out. If he was to come over and be a starter, you know, you're looking at a guy who might be able to give you, you know, four or five, maybe six assists, um, you know, with consistent play time. I, I look at him as kind of a combo forward about 6'10". It, you know, it's one of these that depends on who's measuring him. 
you know, he's about 200 pounds. Chris, we talked about him last week. Let's go ahead and just kind of recap some of the things that make you so smitten for Nikolajovic. I just, like you said, his, his, for his size to be able to do what he does with the ball, his playmaking and all that. I, I know people like we mentioned, like, you know, that first game, people were going crazy, right? With mm-hmm. him. Cause he had such a great first game. Right. And then like the next few games he struggled. And like you said, recently, you know, his last game, you know, got to kind of bounce back, you know, but I, I, like you said, with the, the mechanics and all, it looks, he has good mechanics. Like I, I see, I see like, it's like you mentioned, like if it was kind of funky and it wasn't going in, like that may be some cause, but I, I feel like he's young. Like you mentioned last week, uh, Steven, he's young. Yeah. All right. And then once he gets to the NBA, he's going to have the best coaches, you know, in, in, in the world, you know, so I think he'll be able to develop all that. But to me, what I see is the playmaking. Uh, I, I absolutely love all that, the ball handling, all that. Like you said, he's got some of that, you know, you know, that, that flair, you know, that, that, that uh, to him that I really love about him, like the size is there. I, I trust that, that the outside shot will come. I do, I do, I do believe that, and you know, just gonna take time, you know, with him, and uh, like I said, we're, we're waiting for that to see him with his future, and maybe we'll get it. He, like I said, his last game, he kind of bounced back a little bit, so maybe we'll get that stretch where we'll see his outside shooting, you know, be more consistent. This is about consistency, but like I said, he's young, man. These yeah. guys are all young, and and I saw someone criticize um, uh, Durant, and I'm like, he's 17 years old. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're just, we're doing too much, you know, we're doing too much, you know, we're oh, he can't do this. He can't do that. I'm like, you know, what if I criticized you at 17 years old, you know, <laughs> we, we, we like, like, come Please on don't. guys. Like, yeah. Like, like, if, like all in, in getting stronger. And that's another thing. And Steve, we're talking about like strength. I don't think that's yeah. a weakness. I think, you know, that would have been the thing with Giannis, right? We talked about that last week. You know, Giannis, that would, oh, he needs to get stronger. Well, look at him now. He's super lightning in a bottle. (laughs) You know, that's going to happen. You're going to get stronger, right? When you get to the pros, you get in that regimen, get in the gym, you'll get stronger. So I think those are things people worry about, you know, but uh, I just, I just love this feel of the game and all that. And um, like his post, I like him in the post too. He has some, some nice moves in the post. Mm -hmm. I love, I like him a lot. I know the outside shoot needs work, but uh, he's definitely, he, he, he has all the tools to be a really good one. And like you said, set himself apart from everyone else in the international class. For sure. And Tyler, he has what I like to call, you know, DPS, you know, dribble pass shoot game. And I think that that's going to be very helpful for him moving forward. And, you know, hopefully you, he'll he'll get it turned around like we were just talking about. But we'll bounce from Nikola Jovic to Roko Perkison. Now, Tyler, he had a lot of fanfare last season. There were a lot of guys clamoring him to be a lottery pick. But, you know, he, he saw what what a lot of scouts were saying, was listening to them and decided ultimately to pull back. And now it looks like if he's having as strong of a season as it looks like he is already, this year might be the year that we see Rocco Perkison, you know, come stateside and play NBA ball. What's your, what are your thoughts on Rocco? I, uh, like a lot of people, I was shocked when he, you know, fell out of the draft or recalled his name from the draft. Um, I really like Rocco. I, I think, you know, at first, I was just like, whoa, like withdrawing his name. I was just kind of shocked, but mm-hmm. um, I thought the, I don't mean to, if Chris, I'm sorry if I jump on you, but I thought the lottery like talk from a lot of people was a little like, I understand it. If you 
if you have your guys, go with your gut. I'm always a big person of that saying like, hey, don't listen to the consensus. If you love a guy and you want to put him 10th, don't care that everyone has him 38th. Like, just Agree. do it. So, like, I, I understood the, the love affair with him. I really am intrigued with him. I think the playmaking is something that's waiting to come out to the surface because I see him make a couple of plays and transition like these passes that I'm like, whoa, okay, like where did that come from? So I'm really pumped to watch him throughout the year. I kind of love the gamble that he took that's saying like, no, I, I should I should be a bigger pick. I should be going higher in the draft. Um, Making a little money helps too. Yeah, you know, exactly. A couple and more million. Yeah. It, it was interesting when the draft was getting closer last year, I was kind of asking around and I, I, I was like, what's, what's up with Rocco? And I had heard he was just kind of struggling and camps and workouts. I heard he just kind of was like, you know, he looks like a solid guy. He just doesn't look like a guy. Teams are going to be like, Oh, we got to take him middle of the first. Mm -hmm. So I think he was kind of probably saying, okay, if, if I'm maybe a late first, second round pick, why don't I go back? I'm still yeah. young. Let me work on my game. Let me show them that I deserve to be potentially a lottery pick. So I love the gamble. And like you guys said, he's, he's been producing. Um, like 44% from deep no, this year, which was yeah, something 100%. that a lot of people were concerned about. I think, I yeah, think that's and, good. I think that's good. Yeah, Last yeah, time I looked good. 40. Yeah. <laughs> he should be all right. <laughs> if he keeps doing that all year, especially after you said Bradley Beal is around 17, that's 17, good. 17%. <laughs> um, no, but I, I like Rocco. I think, you know, he, he might not scouts might not see him as like this early lottery pick guy, but scouts are going to see a guy that's a really solid basketball player that might play in the league for a long time. I mean, he's one of those guys that needed to, grow into his body. I thought another year's great decision when you look at the long-term picture because he can add some strength. He could be a little bit more physical. Just the game slows down, which he's doing a great job so far. Um, I definitely think he could make some noise and climb up, but he's just going to be a fun one to monitor. And I, Croatians are great prospects too. I, I just saying like, this is a fun class. You know, the, mm -hmm. the deeper you go, the more upside there is all over the place. But no, I definitely like Rocco. Yeah, and you touched on one aspect of his game that I think kind of separates him from a lot of the other guys that we're going to talk about, Tyler. And Chris, you chime in on this as well, obviously. The aggressiveness. I think mm -hmm. that he has a desire to want to attack the basket. And I think that that is going to be one of his biggest strengths. Now, obviously, if he can balance that, if he can continue this walking a tightrope of, do I want to attack the basket on this play or do I want to maybe spot up play off ball, you know, run off of a flare screen perhaps and, and, and splash home a, a three that's going to make him more difficult to cover, obviously. And when you can kind of have those kind of diametrically opposed, you know, ways to attack a defense, I think that that'll, that'll help him out a lot. Chris, let's go ahead. And what are your thoughts on Rocco again? And he's got some size to him too. He's mm -hmm. not like, he's not 6'10", 180, 190, like some of these guys. He, he was like 215, 220. So he's got some, he's got some beef to him, you know, which, which is going to help him out once he, you know, gets over here. But like I said, I'm so, I was surprised too, you know, what, that he took his name out, but he must have heard something to where he wasn't a guarantee first round pick and all that. Um, and he bettered himself and, and, it can go either way, right? You bet on yourselves and it can we've seen right, we've seen plenty of guys who bet themselves and it's they don't get drafted. Or mm -hmm. we've seen guys bet themselves and they become, you know, a higher pick. So 
so far he's playing great. Like you said, she was what forty four percent from three. I, I did. I liked them a lot. You know, uh, in, in last year's you know draft cycle, um, I think uh, he has everything. You know, you know, uh, great playmaker. I saw someone say T.J. Warren with uh with with more uh ball with more uh awareness you know okay. uh vision and i was like i mean that's a it, it, you know, that's, nice. not that's a worse th- players I, to be compared to than tj i would warren. take that i would take tj warren it's actually bubble bubble tj warren is a hall of famer so you know one of the best players you that's a vision to that you know that that's 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 a good player you know so i saw i heard that one so i read on that i was like well you know what <laughs> that, that's a good, good that's a good player that's, that's a good, a good player. you had that court vision with tj warren but uh you know um you know as long as he shooting, can stay healthy obviously as long as, yeah, he, yeah, right. as long as he can stay healthy obviously the outside shooting needs a little bit of work but he he's he's on he's on a you know he could he could definitely be a lottery pick this year if he comes out you know he's definitely on that trajectory you know with everything going on in the season so far so yeah uh, he, he's a good one 610 like i said the size the playmaking you know, has everything. Be, yeah, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. When he away. he's he's what you guys hinted about earlier. You guys were talking about. You know, he's a little aggressive. It's so funny. He's nasty. Like he, mm-hmm. if you go back and I watched him last year when I was evaluating him for being a prospect. He got you get to this one game and I think he dunked on like three guys <laughs> on three like consecutive possessions like the third one he was like hunting people he's basically like staring them down from half court like okay i'm gonna go dunk on you next like mike all stopped running the football right Uh, it was just (laughs) ridiculous so i mean he's not afraid to go at like bad intentions when he's attacking and Mm. um jermaine no roko's gonna be fun my heart yeah i'm telling you you gotta watch it uh but no he'll be he'll be one to watch he's definitely on the top of the list you gotta circle him yeah, absolutely. And now we'll shift gears. And Tyler, we kind of were alluding at this point of conversation that we knew that we were going to have when we, um, you know, we're going to get on this show. And one of these players that I saw that you were kind of publicly scouting over Twitter was Usman Dieng. Now we talked mm-hmm. about his teammate uh, to be in Hugo Besson. I think that Usman's going to benefit quite a bit playing off of someone like a Hugo who has gravity, someone who's going to be able to take not only his defender to the basket, but he's going to pull some help away. And now Usman, to be completely fair, one of the criticisms about him in his very young NBA, or excuse me, very young professional career is his shooting and his efficiency. Now, I'm sure, Tyler, you you said you're a coach now. I'm sure one of the biggest things you have to teach these young guys is is that not everybody's kobe bryant right not everyone is gonna be asked to make some ridiculous shots you know it's it's all about finding who who has what role on the offense and whenever maybe a a guy ahead of you in that pecking order it's not his night what are some of these insulary skills that you have that can kind of help alleviate him struggling and i think uzman has plenty of these insulary skills that he's it's gonna work beautifully in my opinion playing off of Hugo Best and Tyler, what do you think about Usman Dieng and what kind of player do you think he might end up becoming? If you can prognosticate for me. Um, I would say this is the, this is the one that's buzzing right now. A, a mm. lot of people in around the NBA, you know, especially guys scouting overseas. That's, that's the name they keep bringing up. They're saying we're just waiting for Dieng. We're hoping Dieng's going to show us something. I think definitely this is a guy that could climb in a hurry. And 
when you watch him, because you know you got to go back and watch his full slate just because the the footage is so hard to find sometimes. But mm-hmm. he's got to travel Impossible. down that rabbit hole. So I mean, um, but no, I mean, watched a lot of him lately, just trying to get a kind of a feel. Really raw, yeah. But love the tools. Super young. Love the tools. Really good shiftiness. He can create some space in a hurry. But he's raw and Absolutely. He's skinny. Uh, I think he's around six nine, a little less than two hundred pounds, like six nine one ninety. There's depends been... on who's measuring him that exactly. day. Exactly, I like to say. That's, that's what I always joke about. It it depends if he goes to McDonald's. Nine, go to six eight. He goes to McDonald's. He's one ninety six. You know, Scout really likes him. He's seven foot one. Exactly. It's the enemy. Six six. Uh, no, but. Uh, <laughs> He's listed everywhere from 6'7 to 6'9. I think he's going to be 6'9, though. But um, Still room to grow, literally. Right. You know? yeah, and, that's, the, that's the scary part. Yeah. That's the scary part. Still, eight, he's 18. He's going to be really young, 18. Um, everything looks nice when you mm-hmm. watch him in games. Like, the shot looks pretty. You know, he's shifty. He, he's slithery through traffic. But the numbers aren't there. And then yeah. when you keep watching him, you can see that he's got some wild shots. You know, he's got some shots where he's got no one around him that he's way off. So yeah. that might just be getting used to your body and all of that fun stuff, which is really annoying to watch as an evaluator. <laughs> but my only concern with him is, you know, with him and Hugo going to NBL, my hot take, if you want to put it that way, is I think Hugo is going to be able to translate a lot better. Um, I think Deanne could struggle because he's just thin. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen seen some photos just because I'm a psycho that likes to creep, but I've <laughs> seen some photos that like him at Media Day with the Skybreakers and looks like he's filled up a little bit. So I'm sure he's going to be, you know, mentally thinking he's going to be prepared for the physicality, but. I love the tools. I think he's really, really intriguing player with some serious upside, but I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles those first couple of games, just getting used to a whole new world of basketball when it comes to the style of play, how physical it's going to be. But I think long-term with potential, I mean, he could be a fascinating talent, a lot of creation, dangerous threat, but we'll see how he adjusts right out of the gate. Yeah, and Chris, we talk about these young guys all the time. I mean, these dudes literally will, can get drafted, and then over a summer, they'll grow. Like, I think I quit growing at 18. I don't know how NBA players just magically do it. It's I fascinating. I at 15, man. I thought I was going to be like 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> I was trained to be like a center. I'm like, I'm going to be a D1. I stopped. I grow. I'm the same height since. I'm, a little Chuck since, Hay is going on, 6'6 six, yeah, six center a little I bit. I was Chuck Hay. I, I thought I was going to be taller. And like, no, it never happened. Never happened. <laughs> But man, Diang, he, I love the confidence and, and Tyler as a coach, you know, I I think that you have to find that balance, you know, you're going to have to let him go out and grow and make mistakes. And I think playing with a guy as well-traveled and as well-established as a Hugo Besson, you're going to be able to afford to gamble a little bit, but Chris, you know, it, that, that confidence, uh, it has people concerned and, and sometimes we just say, okay, these guys are young, give them the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes they just don't know how to not take a, a shot that they just fall in love with over and over. Do you have that concern with him? Or do you just think that it's just going to kind of 
he'll he'll figure it out as he continues to grow and develop. I mean, that's that's the thing with a lot of these young guys, whether international or, or, you know, domestically here is that confidence. Right. Because, you know, you 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 know, you're in high school, you're you're the guy. So now mm-hmm. you're playing, you know, you're going to go to NBL and you're, you're not the guy. You, you're going to have to learn how to play within the system. Right. You know, so having confidence is good. But then there's over we all know there's overconfidence. There's taking shots that, you know, if you, you know, you're feeling yourself that you shouldn't take, you know, within within the system and all that. So I like Tyler, like you mentioned, there's a lot of those shots where you're like, oh, that that's not <laughs> that, that gets you <laughs> what on the are bench. You doing? That, that, now playing, you know, like, like playing in high school, whatever, you know, there'll be a coach will be like, whatever. But you know, you're yeah. playing at NBA and AU levels, but to play in NBL, you're gonna go on the bench. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can't do that, you know. So can he adapt to that? Because, like you said, there's some wild shots, you know. Right, you right. There's uh, some wild shots that he's taken. So, you know, that's gonna be the biggest thing. Can he adapt to that too? Because you know, we see a lot of kids. You know, they they get down themselves if if the you know, old coach shook me out of this. So just dealing with that adjustment. But I thought that's with a lot of young a lot of young players. So I'm gonna see how he goes. He has all the tools, like you. Know, that's you know six nine has you know uh you know just very confident player so well, it's going to be interesting to see how how he uh how he uh develops and uh, I'm very intrigued to see how he does this year with the uh, in the in the NBL because it's like I said it's physical and he is a skinny boy <laughs> he's a skinny boy so you know he's gonna have to learn that physicality you know and, and adapt to that and going off what you just said real quick Chris like a guy that just came to my head that's kind of a similar, you know, physique, similar build that played in the NBL is um, RJ Hampton, RJ, you know, yeah. and, and talk exactly. about a guy that struggled a little bit to adjust to the league because he was younger, wasn't as physical, like wasn't built out yet, but then he got some confidence building. And I think when you have all these notable prospects that are going to play in these leagues and stuff, we expect them to just all of a sudden come out and drop 25. And it's like, it's not going to happen often. You got to yeah, let these guys get an adjustment to the game and show some flashes and then build some confidence, start to show us a little stretch of like, okay, now everything's starting to click. Now they're starting to show that they've got a good understanding and feel for this type of game. But I won't, I think a lot of people might wave the red flag if he struggles with his first couple of games. I'll just be like, "Hey, just pump the brakes. Let's let's let him learn a little bit first. Let him figure it out." After four games, after some <laughs> yeah. of the you know the rookies this year, like some people do, which is like, I can't, I, I crown him. I I can't stand when people do. Oh, this guy's a bum. I was like, it's no, they say Jalen Suggs is no good anymore. Yeah, he's so like, Jalen Suggs is it trash. Hurts my heart so much. I <laughs> like, love come on, Suggs. guys. Like, oh, he's a boss. They, you know, they, you know. Uh, man, it's crazy. Everyone clicks at the different times. Not everyone's the John Morants that come out swinging or guys like that. It just takes time. You know? Some guys, you know, like Steph Curry, others that have taken several years. Tyler, I mean, Bra- spoke look on at Bradley Beal. Like he took, he started, you know, it was progression. Like everyone yep. has, everyone hits at a different rate. Like I just, a lot, and especially with everyone coming in young now, 18, 19 years old, you know, it takes time to develop. Not everyone's LeBron James where they're 25 and, you know, an eight. You don't say. You know, <laughs> Luke, you know, Luca. You know, when they come in, they're ready to. You know, they're ready to play. They're all NBA players. Like, yeah. I think that expectation is is kind of crazy. But you know, you know exactly. how that is, man. It's it's wild. No doubt, no doubt. So, gentlemen, what we're gonna do, Chris? You're familiar with this, Tyler. Uh, I'm you're a pro. I'm sure you're used to this as well. 
But um, that's going to kind of put it into it here for the radio segment. Now we'll continue with some analysis for the podcast. So teaser for you, everyone listening on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. You're going to have to come follow and subscribe, rate, review, share, all that fun stuff. Go look up Draft Capital anywhere you get your podcast. But Chris, as as host, as experienced host, we're going to do the gracious thing. Tyler, you've got a lot going on, man. And we even kind of teased it on, you know, our, our first show where we started analyzing, you know, you, you're friends with a lot of dudes that we've done work work with before. We're growing in our, you know, um, you know, friendship analysis and stuff like that together with one another. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, no ceilings and um, all the work, all the tremendous work, by the way. Love everything that you guys have put out so far. Just kind of tell the listeners here on Nothing But Net um, kind of how that came to be and where they can go to find your your awesome work, man. Yeah, um, no, I appreciate it. You know, originally I would started out my own thing with backcourt violation. I just kind of wanted to get I've been scouting and doing the draft evaluating process for years. And I kind of finally was like, okay, I want to get my work out there. I want to kind of share my thoughts with people and maybe I could interact and kind of get some momentum going with this basketball thing. And it's been fantastic. Met a lot of people, communicate with a lot of people. And, you know, from there, you know, I was doing it kind of all on my own and I kind of was like, Hey, you know, I've been monitoring a lot of guys that do some good stuff in the draft community. And I reached out to my buddy Corey and I was kind of like, Hey, what do you think about teaming up trying to make a run at this? And from there it turned to him adding someone and me pulling in someone. And now we've got about nine guys and we're just basically trying to create a platform that everyone can come and get all of their draft content and get caught up and educated about the process and what's going on. And it's been fantastic so far. I'm really excited for what we've got going on this entire year. And everyone kind of brings their own specialty. It's just like the pieces coming together and it's going to be fantastic. I couldn't be more excited and very lucky and fortunate with the group of guys we've got together. So it's going to be fun. And, um, we're at no ceilings NBA on social media and we've got a sub stack going. That's been great with a lot of previews going about that. So yeah, it's going to be a fun year. Yeah, you, absolutely. You guys are Avengers out there. You just, man, we're trying, everyone. man. You guys, I saw the, the roster. I was like, Oh, I, I had to hit up Corey. I was like, Corey, you got yourself. Hey, you, you, you got a squad. We're trying, squad. man. We're Go trying. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, like you guys are really good. It, it, it as individuals and then you bring you got all you guys together man yeah I got that. i'm looking forward to it. i'm i'm already subscribed to the subtract you know you I, i'm i'm reading every every time you guys are posted something you know i love your work the draft guide that that was my bible that was my bible <laughs> i appreciate the, the that, way Chris. you set that it up a lot the way <laughs> a you lot of up, lonely hours with that the way you <laughs> said hey, bro up, if any people if anyone can relate bro you're 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 preaching man and you, yeah you're a pot you're like you're a creator's creator you know and yeah. and the rest of you guys are too you make it fun because it, yeah. it could be you know the draft process could be very you know it, it could get boring for some people like it's like all right well this guy everyone has the same you know you know, takes and all that you you add a little spice to it, a little flair to mm. it, right? So you and that's think and that's why I've seen you know why you've had a nice following and people like your stuff. And then just with your draft cry too, it's different. It wasn't the typical all right pros 
cons. It had a little flair to it, it had a nice color. Like it, to me, it, it, it you know you added a little a lot a lot to it that I liked. That that wasn't the typical. All right, we're just breaking down pros cons shooting chart. All right, this is what needs to comp out. It was more than that, it, and I, and that's why that was my, you know, that was my go to you know guide. I went through that and and I showed other people and then they purchased and it was just like and uh and I'm looking forward to it if you guys can do more because it that was great. You do you got I mean I mean a lot of man I'm sure a lot of hours went into that and I truly appreciate you putting that time in because I'm sure it was it, it took a lot, but it, it was great, great, great work. You know, you you kill it, bro. Thank you very much. No, I I, I that's exactly what we're trying to do with this. You know, we're trying to make it a little more fun and get some people involved and, you know, share, share our knowledge and our joy for Mm -hmm. the draft process. And we're also trying to do some NBA stuff where we're going to be break down players and young rookies around the league. So it's, it's going to be a fun year. I'm excited, but I'm very happy that I was able to come on this. So thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And so Chris, you know, as always, it's going to do it for us here on the nothing but net channel on dash radio. Thank everyone so much for tuning in and listening again. Content's not going to stop. Go follow us over anywhere podcasts are available. Go look up Draft Capital, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that fun stuff. We're there. But um, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Um, Chris, as always, it's a pleasure doing work with you, my man. And as for Draft Capital, we are out. Much love, everybody. All right. So now continuing here with the podcast. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for coming over from the Nothing Manette channel on Dash Radio and and subscribing we're here with uh tyler rucker of um you know backcourt violation and the newly implemented no ceilings collective that they have going on over there so tyler we have discussed hugo besson nikola jovich roko perkison usman diang and now yannick zosa now yes i love chad ford in his work I listen to him all the time. I, I know I that don't... sentence way too familiar. I respect Chad Ford, but I know where this is going. And I, I love Chad Ford. The ultimate, the ultimate BUT is coming. I don't understand the buzz of Yannick Zosa being potentially the number one overall pick or being worthy of consideration for that number one pick. Now, he's tantalizing defensively, but Tyler offensively, I don't know what he is now. Granted, he's stupid young, right? Like that's the one thing is like there's like he's a blank canvas offensively, and you know you're potentially going to be getting like this kind of how everyone was with Alexei, you know, Pokachevsky offensively. Mm-hmm. He's just a big unicorn. I think that you're getting kind of the inverse defensively with Yannick Zosa here. You know, he could do so much for you defensively. What what do you what do you make of him a, as a prospect? Um, terrified. So that's Fair. pretty much, pretty much how I could say it. No, I got a little drunk with the buzz before mm-hmm. I kind of turned on the tape. I was a little intrigued with the idea, you know, when you're throwing around the idea of a Clint Capella, which you is compared to is like this tall, great athlete runs the floor, can dominate defensively and shot block. I was like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I love that idea. And he's a little thin. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, you, he's just, he struggled this year. He's not, he's not producing like everyone was hoping with the buzz. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talked about it. I've asked around and guys are just like, Hey, if, if he keeps playing like this, he ain't going to be in the lottery. 
Like that's the guys are like, he needs to turn it on and quickly. And it's just one of those things where, yeah, like the bigs are always going to have us like drooling and excited, especially when you got some athleticism like Yannick has, but I think everyone's like, okay, where's the guy that we were hoping to see? You know, it just hasn't been there yet. Now, it's early, like we talked about earlier. It's very early in the season overseas. Guys can all of a sudden get scorching hot, and everyone's going to be like, there, see, told you. It's exactly what we were expecting. But a little nervous, a little just – it's tough with his game offensively. It's so raw and still coming together. So if you're not dominating on one side on a nightly basis, it's it's tough to be like, okay, what am I getting excited about here? Like the long term or <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll see. It's it's just like I said, it's a, early in the year, but he's definitely got to kind of flip the switch and start start producing at a high level to get the conversation of being the potential top ten pick. Yeah, and Chad Ford's allowed to be wrong early, just like anybody else. Yeah, oh, wrong. for sure. I've been married for almost twelve years, Tyler, so I've been wrong a lot. You know, what I mean, <laughs> just I, I know what it's like to to be wrong, especially in the early going. But um, you know, obviously hoping for the best for this young man. But I mean, you're looking at him being measured around seven feet. You know, six ten to seven feet somewhere in that window. Um, then as a rail almost mm-hmm. kind of gives you a little bit of the, the Chet Holmgren vibes, uh, but just, uh, for an international type player. And again, defensively, how often Tyler, do you hear, you know, he can guard one through five, you know, like he's, if he goes out to guard a guard on the perimeter off of a switch on a pick and roll, he's going to be able to stop them. Like, it's almost like a buzz or a trigger where it's like, if you want to draw attention to a player you know, that's what you'll say is like, he can guard one through five. Like, that's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Let me go watch some, some tape on this guy. But Chris, you know, we talked about him. Um, Tyler basically echoed the same sentiments we did, man. You know, we, but we said raw is Monday night, you know? So what do you think about Yannick here? I mean, I mean, Tyler, yeah, he he hit on the head. Like he's, he's, (laughs) he's the ultimate boom or bust prospect. Mm -hmm. It's literally going to be either he's going to be a star or he's going to be out of the league. It's he's international chat, you know, (laughs) international (laughs) chat. Like it's, you know, I uh, love that, Chris. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that might be my favorite (laughs) thing I've heard. I'm going to love that. He's international chat, you know, and I think that's the, what I, some of the concerns I have with Chet too, like just the, you know, obviously Chet's probably a little bit more, you know, obviously, you know, because we've seen him more too with Chet. Obviously, we didn't there's a following, there's the there's the follower. preconceived understanding that this guy is gonna is yeah. gonna be a prominent figure in, in draft circles. Yeah, so a very similar, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough to evaluate him. He's tough because it's very like, young still. He's still like you said, what is he seventeen? Still yeah, eight, seventeen but, might be approaching eighteen now. Last know, I uh, looked, he was seventeen. Yeah, so it, it's still super. It, it's tough to evaluate him right now. Going to have to see some more as he progresses. Like I said, he's off to a little bit of a slow start. You know, um, after having a, a good you know uh, good year last year, so you know, got to see some more from him. You know, uh, the outside shooting, obviously, with a lot of these people, a lot of these guys, is going to be the concern. So, seeing that, you know, obviously, you know, the strength thing, you know, that that'll come with as age. You know, he's still a baby, so I'm not too concerned with that. But just the feel and all that, he, he's tough. He's tough. Like have, I've seen people have him top five. 
And then I've seen them people don't even have him on their board. So like he this he might be the big like one of the few prospects where the range is as far as I've ever I've seen prospects have wide ranges where it's you know maybe top ten to that late first second. He has a range that I have haven't seen in a long time. Where like I just mentioned, like top five buzz, and then no, I won't even draft him. Like so, he, he he's he's very polarizing. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see how this season goes for him because he he's uh, he's definitely a uh, an enigma right now. Yeah, I mean, you could play it safe and either say he's going to be a top pick or he won't get drafted at all. And you, you odds are you're probably going to be right if, if your range is that wide, right? <laughs> he's so, either going to get drafted or he's not. I'm going to go on a limit. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, there's a lot to there's a lot of you know insight there in, in in that statement. But um, Tyler, there's a couple other prospects you know that we that we've had that we want to discuss. And you know, I know that you can do that. You're Captain America. You know, you can do this all day, right? But you know, we. A couple guys that I know that I have seen you talk about. One of them was the aforementioned, you know, Usman Dieng. And now I saw that you recently put up a video of a guy who's kind of sneaky up my board as well. And um, real big fan of his game. Chris and I talked glowingly of him last week. Malcolm Caslin. Mm-hmm. Just I want I'll just give it to you, man. What what's your analysis? What's your vibes on on Malcolm so far? Uh, pretty. Similar to Hugo, where I, I think guys are going to be scared of the age, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I like the tools. Um, really intrigued. I, I I watched him and another guy just like Hugo. The more I watched, the more I was fascinated. Like smooth little lefty, good shot, shifty, could get downhill, can get through traffic. Um, I, I I just think he's one of those guys that people are going to kind of warm up on again if he can produce at a consistent level over the year. Because there's going to be one of these guys on this list that all of a sudden scouts are going to be like, okay, it, things are coming along. He's he's showing us something new. He's showing us that he's getting better. And, you know, Malcolm's a 6'6 guy with some good size that can mm-hmm. create on the perimeter. I, I just – I was a fan. And I want to see the outside shot be a little bit more consistent – over the year but um so far so good and you know it's one of those guys that just like hugo i was circling i was like okay yep i i will watch that one like i'll be tracking that closely so i'm i'm happy that you guys are fans though i like to hear that stuff oh, dude, i like to hear yeah. i'm not always crazy <laughs> no i mean it's good you know and if you in if you're crazy, you're amongst good company. You know what Thank I mean. You, you know, what's what's the you know Alice in Wonderland with the Mad Hatter and the we're and all the mad here. We're all mad here. There you go. <laughs> I'll be the little mouse in the teacup. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. But no, um, Malcolm Caslin, Chris, and I were speaking glowingly of him. Twenty year old Frenchman, six six, about two hundred pounds. I told Chris he kind of gives me a little bit of Alec Burke vibes. I don't know if you if you see that like a young Alec Burks. That was um, a perfect comp. That was a perfect. Chris, comp. Chris loved it. It was just kind of off the cuff. I I didn't really give that much time. It might be. It might not be my final comp, but it was just something that he kind of reminded me of. And one thing, Tyler, that I that I noted about him, just in my you know preliminary initial just infancy of study, you know that it's going to continue to grow. Our our opinions are are going to change and vary with more evidence that's presented before us, things like that. But Malcolm. One thing that you can't take away from him, one thing that's not going to change is the growth that he has gone through every single year that he has that he has 
demonstrated as a professional. And I think that there's going to be a scout that's going to be just so prudent. And they're going to say, I don't know what it is about him. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be the next big thing. But one thing I know is that this guy is going to help our club. He has literally helped any club that he's been a part of every year. He's gotten better, whether that be as a ball handler, whether that be as a defender, a rebounder, a shooter. I mean, we're talking about a guy who shot 33% from deep at one point, depending on the league that he's in. But it continues to grow. And that's something that you have to look at. If It's one thing, Tyler, to look at a young guy and be like, okay, I project him out to do this. But if you have like some sort of trend analysis, you can just look at numbers and you can look at film and you just be like, this dude just keeps getting better. He's good at basketball. You know, that that's what really stuck out to me. Chris, Malcolm Caslin, I know that you're a believer. What makes you a believer in him? I, I, I like the outside shooting. I think uh, I think he's going to be like the Alex Burke thing. I think he... You know that was a perfect comp, like you know, what just a, a lefty version of uh, of Alex Burks, and like, you know, just someone who's going to be a spark plug, maybe off the bench. You know, like just like Alex Burks is. You know, obviously going to have his hot and cold starts, just like Alex Burks. But you know, there's there's room for guys like that in the league. So I, that's why uh, I I I like his shooting, uh, and, I, and I you know, like you say, shooting to over forty percent. You know. Um, I think that's a role that's perfect for him, you know, coming off the bench, being a spark plug off the bench. And I think that's what he can be, you know, has some three level ability, you know? Uh, so uh, I think he, I think I, you know, I think he's going to be a solid. And there's a lot of good Frenchmen, you know, in, in mm -hmm. this potentially coming out. So uh, he, he, he's, he's definitely uh, um, one of the better Frenchmen coming out and uh, you know, uh, going to interest, interested to see where he, where he lands. But like when you mentioned the Burks, I, I saw, you know, just the, just the left, just the softball version of Alex Burks, and I thought that was perf a perfect comp because it's a very similar type of, of style to play and all that. So uh, I think he could be a solid one. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, Tyler, man, we have a couple names. I'm just going to throw them at you. You know, we didn't script this, so I'm, I'm getting to see Tyler kind of nope. shoot off the no couple problem. a couple bit here. Let's I, party. I, that, I got it. I know, <laughs> I know you got it. I know you got it. So I'm going to throw out four names, and I just want you to just to go down each name and tell me some of the things that stick out to you in your initial, you know, observations of them. Khalifa Jop, Gabriela Prochita, Tristan Vukovic, and Mojave King. Okay. Um, Khalifa, I guy that's been making some noise uh, over the last couple of years, pretty much the opposite of uh, Yannick, just big boy, like strong build, can do some stuff around and do some damage around the basket. I just, you know, when I briefly watching him, I want him to be a little bit quicker. It, it seems like everything's a little loading and like slow processing. Um, I think if he could just start to kind of kick it up another gear or never the notch, teams will be intrigued. But um, definitely a big man that, you know, especially if Yannick's fallen, he mm -hmm. might climb just because there might be some intrigue of having a big like him. Um I need you to say Gabriel one more time because you just said that perfectly and it was unbelievable. I, I can't yeah, say it the you, way well. You the, said the it. thing is, Tyler, you have to hold like people are listening; they can't see, but you got to hold your hands like this. You got to pinch. It's Gabriela Prochita. I know, but it was just so perfect. I didn't want to try <laughs> yeah. it. So um, I, I can't even try to do it. That's why he's the lead. That's why he's the lead because you know, I can't say names like that. Um, I love him mm. from what I okay. watched. I'm. 
incredibly intrigued like then let's pause here we're we're not gonna rush we're not gonna rush you know let's okay 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 okay. i thought you were firing squad me so (laughs) no 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 no. you i mean we'll party you see you like to party i like to party it's hot it's hot rod time right now right so gabriella prochita we're gonna i'm gonna let you wax poetic on him and let's let's dive into his game okay so Little six seven wing, around two hundred pounds, nineteen from Italy, as you could probably have guessed from the perfect pronunciation. <laughs> but um, I just am very in, uh, excited to kind of watch him progress. Um, his outside shots, like it, it's weird to explain. It's like a little robotic, but not terribly. But when he he's got a really high release, yeah. and his rotation is gorgeous. I mean. It's one of those guys, when he gets up and everything's set, he's got a beautiful shot. So I was like, okay, he could be a little bit of a lethal floor spacer, like good size. But then you just keep watching, and he's really underrated athletically. Like okay. he can get up, and he can fly, and he can get downhill and dunk on people. So Definitely some intriguing tools. He's a name that was kind of buzzing last year, and I thought it was smart that he went back. But I'm definitely intrigued if he can become a more consistent, you know, all-around threat um, because he's got a beautiful shot. And Mm -hmm. it was in small sample. I think he only played around 15 minutes a game. But we'll see how he progresses because I definitely think he's got the tools. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I noticed is that he looks like he might be able to give a team that he goes to maybe maybe not primary, obviously, maybe not even secondary, but dare I say tertiary playmaking. Like he looks like he has a little bit of that DPS, that dribble pass shoot game. Uh, Chris, you know, we talked about that, too. You know, the shot was the biggest thing that stuck out to him. But we were also fans of what we might we can fall in love and we can say like that shot creation or you know that's one thing but creating for others i i think that there's a little bit of that in his game too chris what do you think excuse me one second my dog is a little going a little crazy <laughs> hey, right okay here. it's all good it's all good i got, I got distracted by the dog <laughs> yeah know, dogs uh, do that dogs do that but uh yeah, yeah. tyler go 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 touch pass touch pass okay all right. okay <laughs> um what do you think of the playmaking potential that that Gabriella might be able to to give a team? No, I I think it's one of those we know what he can do. We just kind of want to see if the rest of the game could come around. You mm. know, um, you know, briefly I've saw like he's got some flashes, but now you need to see it over a more consistent level. And that's the thing with these guys is you quickly find out what they can do. And then you're like, okay, where do they need to improve? And I don't yeah. like calling it like a weakness. I just like saying, what do they like got to improve on? What do they got to improve Ditto. next year? So I think that's the situation with him right now is really good shooter, beautiful shot, got some athleticism when he's got a clear lane, he could dunk on anyone. Straight now, line what, athlete pretty much. Yeah, right? now, yeah. What else can he add to his game that could entice NBA teams of, an idea of, Hey, maybe this guy can come in and be a rotation asset early on, or maybe this guy's got upside that he can turn into a great complimentary piece a couple of years down the road. So 
yeah, it was one of those guys that I was not expecting a lot until I turned on the tape and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, okay. Okay. <laughs> this was fun. I'm glad I did this. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I didn't get that initial pop, but like, then this is why I was like, all right, let's pause. I want to hear a little bit of, of, about your, your analysis on his game and which is totally fine. You know, I mean, not everyone's always going to look at the film the same way. Chris and I, you know, we co-host a show together and we don't always agree. He, he's a yeah. sneaky good athlete too. <laughs> yeah. I think he, that's what pop, good athlete. that's what yep. popped to that's me was the that, athleticism. I was like, well, where did that yeah. come from? You know? Yeah, because Steven, Steven got me on because when he said the name, I was like, when he said that name perfectly, I was like, all right, I got to watch more of this, uh, this like, guy, you know. Uh, and uh, and then I my secret is him. I Googled it, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, it's OK, but it's the pronunciation. You can't pronounce it like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching one play in particular. He just he just gets to the and he, he dunks it with ferocity and he's, yeah. he's lifting himself up. Yeah, I thought he was going to do like put little, his feet. Little, little no, no. Spider-Man I, from and one. Yeah, I thought. He yeah, was yeah, yeah. He was, I thought he was going to Spider-Man it and put his feet on the on the backboard and do all that. I'm like, whoa, I did not yeah. expect this. But uh, sneaky good athlete. And uh, he's someone I, have, I haven't watched a lot, a lot of his stuff, but he's when uh when steven mentioned him last week and then i started watching a little bit i was like oh okay i saw that and and like okay i liked what he, he doing in open space okay i gotta watch more of his stuff and, and but uh yeah that's what popped to me was that one play i was like whoa i yeah. did not see that you don't expect that you didn't expect right, right. that so uh, i was like okay i'm intrigued now and the shooting's there too so if he can he can yeah, be that yeah, straight yeah. line athlete and he can hit some threes. There's there's a home for him somewhere. And the, uh, obviously one of the other areas that I would like to see him improve is what kind of what kind of team defense can he fit into, you mm -hmm. know? And that's I feel like that's almost like an easy, you know, sort of critique with some of these international players, but in in all honesty, that that's an area that I have for him. So, um Tyler, we had two more guys that we want to talk about. Tristan Vukovic and then Mojave King. What are your analysis on those two guys? I'm uh, I'm really, I would say the guy I got most intrigued by right away was Vukovic. Vukovic, I just like stuttered there. Um, it happens, man. So his his deal is he's the classic international guy playing in EuroLeague that's really young, that's struggling to get consistent minutes, that's playing for a powerhouse. Yes. And I think people chase the fact of they they look at his stats right away and they go, well, he's only averaging three points a game. Like he can't be that good. And it's like, well, he's only in 10 minutes or, you know, he's what not I'm trying playing to say. AAU basketball. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 it's a big deal when you're in the Euro league and you're getting any minutes and yeah. I don't care if it's garbage time, whatever. Um, just jump at 18. Me. Yeah. Especially when you're 18 and, Big boy, seven foot, um, around 230. And just immediately when I started watching him, like he took a three and I went, oh my gosh. Like he just has a gorgeous shot. Nice and release point too. It's it's high release point. The fundamentals look good. It just, I was kind of like, okay, big fella, you got my attention. Now you can see there's still plenty to figure out. I mean, Absolutely. we're not talking about... Shangun from last year we're talking about a guy that 18 he's got gotta get the feel down he's got a lot to work on but um he's one of those guys that you're gonna want to monitor throughout the year because 
maybe he another couple of games where he's playing some nice minutes. He just kind of gave me that vibe of like, you know, I brought him up earlier, uh, Nicola, like kind of one of those floor spacing assets that to be able to stretch the defense and make an impact that way. But I need to see more. And like when I reached out to some people about him, they were like, <laughs> He, he, he doesn't play much, so it's hard to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to have a great feel. So that's that's the one thing about guys like that. you got to kind of pick your your spots. And, you know, obviously you'd love to be able to watch him around practice and stuff like that. But um, it's going to be definitely an interesting one to watch throughout the year. Yeah, and that's if he does come out, you know. I mean, right, he has, exactly. He has that luxury to where he can say, you know, maybe this isn't my year. But, um, you know, the the height, the high release, Chris and I were talking. I was like, Chris, just imagine kind of like a, a memetto core, like a young memetto core type player. Yeah, that's a good player. one, too. Yep. So, Chris, we were talking about him, and then we also had Mojave King. Now, there's a lot of buzz around Mojave coming into this draft cycle. And from what I've seen, Chris, he had – I mean, again – same thing we can just keep saying this over and over it's still young it's still early in the season if it started at all depending on the leagues that these guys are in or whatever still has plenty of opportunity to change it i think the hype is kind of overmatched the um from what i've seen so far on the film now granted he can make a believer out of me but um tyler what what what's your gut check on on mojave um you know there was some buzz with him last year um when he's in the NBL, a lot of people thought he was going to be another guy that could kind of make some noise and maybe get drafted last year. And it just, the consistency never really stuck. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like you'd see flashes and then all of a sudden he'd disappear for a couple of games. And then, you know, you watch him on the good nights and you're like, okay, there's something there. There's definitely talent. There's a good little shot from outside. There's some athleticism. Um, you get why people are so intrigued. It's just one of those things this year you need to see the consistency finally come around. You know, he can't be one of these guys that has 20 one night and then has a stretch of three games where he's getting five or six. You need to yeah. see him take that next step because I get why anyone would be intrigued with him. I mean, right away I was like, okay, it looks like a, a hooper, but um, you got to produce. You got to show on a nightly basis that you can do that. And, you know, maybe last year was just one of those things where it's a young kid that the confidence never came around. Maybe this yeah. year it starts to finally show and the game slows down for him. I mean, he's definitely one that every scout's going to circle because of they had big hopes last year and they're wondering, okay, is he going to look like what we thought he was going to be this year or is he going to be the same guy? Um, but I definitely think he's another one that you got to keep on your list. You got to keep on your watch list. Yeah, and I mean, in the early going, Tyler, I have, I think last time I counted like 173 dudes on my board and the season hasn't even started yet. So, oh, Tyler, yeah. you know that that list is only going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, you'll lose about 30 of those pretty quick, too. <laughs> so that's just how it goes. It, that's just the way it is sometimes. But um, Yeah, it happens. One, one thing about Mojave that sticks out to me, um, we'll, we'll, I'll speak on the good parts, uh, is that he is a very determined basketball player, if that makes sense. You know, he's very persistent. If his first if his first crack at a basket doesn't work, he's not afraid to go back in there, clean it up, and do it again. You know, I mean, he'll he'll follow his own misses. He'll follow his teammates' misses. Um, very active hands on the defensive end. It's just the efficiency with the shooting 
um, the, the finishing ability and the paint? Um, does he have that, you know, secondary tertiary playmaker ability that, that everybody always wants all these players to have, uh, Chris, get a chance to watch any more Mojave, you know, what, what's your, what's your take on him? I like some of his off ball movements, you know, mm -hmm. off the ball, you know, no hey, pun intended. Plug. There you nope, go. no pun intended. On the pun. I had to do it. Had to I, do had it. To, I had to do it before the show ended. I had to do one. No, but, uh, like you said, he's confident, but, um, you know, playmaking needs a little bit of work, you know, uh, you know, um, just not going to really, you know, wow you with, you know, uh, with a lot of his playmaking and assist. I know he had a very low assist to turnover ratio and all that, but definitely someone I'm going to be watching more of, you know, uh, like you said, uh, Steven, you, you, uh, you, you uh, mentioned him a few weeks ago, going to definitely watch more of him, but you know, has, has a lot of skills, uh, three and D type player, you know, potentially, but uh, I'm definitely intrigued to watch more of him. And, and uh, but uh, he has a lot of lot of things to like, but there's also things he needs to work on, like like most guys. So uh, I'm very intrigued. And if we've just seen, you know, kind of the lowest that we're going to see of him so far on his very young short film, and it's only going to get better from here, then this guy might end up being like a really good NBA professional for for quite some time. Not saying star, but you know, eight to 12 years in the league, that's a lot of dudes don't get to sniff that. So that's very good territory. Again, my preliminary infancy evaluation of guys. But um, Tyler, man, that was, we we did it. We ran through the gauntlet of players. If you were counting, uh, for those watching or listening, we went through 10 international players. And Tyler demonstrated for us, Chris, his international flair is what I'm going to title. The name of this episode is Tyler Rooker's uh, International Flair. It helps. And Tyler, just completely honest, had no idea that you coached overseas, so you just added more credibility to the title. You know, I think I kind of spoke the, the title into existence a little bit, if you will. But um, Tyler, man, it was a treat. It's a pleasure. We've been talking, you know, for quite some time before we finally got to do this work together. So glad that I've gotten to know you a little bit. So glad that you were able to come on a draft capital with me and Chris. Once again, man, for our listeners, why don't you let the people know the projects that you have going on and where they can find you? Yeah, I'm at uh, Backcourt Violation, which is at Backcourt V, but um, new project is at No Ceilings NBA. We're doing a lot of good draft stuff, team of analysts, and going to have some uh, NBA content all over the place as well. But um, thank you guys so much for having me. Anytime I can come on here and talk draft or any type of hoops, I'm I'm here. So just let me know, and um, I'm really Everyone heard him say it, Chris. Yeah. I'm saying it. But uh, heard him say it. Wait, I'm, before we time. let you go, before I let you go, why do you okay. think the Knicks are going to be the number one seed and win the championship for the first time since 1973? Why do you think that's going to happen this year? Yeah, rumor has it that Tyler <laughs> because Derrick Rose is the sixth they're going to win man. 70 games. Go. They're going to go 70 and 12, number one seed. Only one <laughs> loss in the playoffs. That's my prediction. Only one loss because you got to lose one, right? Yeah. And then even the, the Warriors didn't win. Yeah. At all. Even the Lakers, right? The Lakers they let they let you know they they wanted that moment with AI. Let them have the step <laughs> over. And then they dominate. So you know, will, just let I me will, know why you think they're going to win the championship. I will. I will give you some love, some Knicks love, real quick. Um, number one, I think they potentially have the sixth man of the year in Derrick Rose. Okay. And number two, um, my boy Obi's gonna come along nicely, but everyone needs to. Where did you have breaks. Obi on your board? Let's just. Where did I right have there. Obi? Yeah. Where did you have Obi? I had him sixth. 
Okay, I was a little bit more um, ambitious. I had him second. I had him sixth, but I did not think he was going to have a good rookie year. So yeah. I'm not saying I'm a wizard. I'm just saying I think this is the year Obi's going to take a next step, and then I think next year he's going to be even a bigger step. I mean, it just takes time with guys like that. Bigs but need time. I love time. the Knicks. Yeah, bigs need time. Guards need time. Everyone needs time. Plus, yeah. I mean, Julius Randle was essentially playing his position, so it's hard. And then exactly. Julius Randle decided to be an all-NBA second team player so like where was the minutes have coming so it, it, it would have been a completely different story if randall doesn't all of a sudden have a career year and look like how amazing it is and i love it because i loved randall coming out of college but mm-hmm. um that's also a big thing with prospects it's, it's fit it's where am i gonna get my minutes like all of a sudden ob goes from lottery pick to man i can't even get on the court because the guy in yeah. front of me is balling so yeah, yeah exactly the knicks they're doing it right they're adding pieces to the puzzle. They're being smart. I love cry. the draft yeah. this year. I think those guys are going to be <laughs> great contributors eventually. Like uh, I just think they're doing what you're supposed to do. Finally. Finally, uh, Chris. Tyler, they're doing it. I'm trying not to cry because those words <laughs> you just said were just so beautiful, but it was uh it's true though they're finally doing things right so it's it's definitely exciting hey you, you're excited now just wait ah. till you get the miles mcbride treatment my man and you're gonna oh, be really man. what the a knicks fans, will burn i was i was on a knicks pot i was on the knicks live draft show and i was like when we drafted deuce i was like he may not immediate impact right away but when he starts playing He's oh going God. to, they're going dog. to love him. He's going to be a fan favorite for years to come. So that was a steal getting him in the second round. I can't believe we got him in the second round, but that was an absolute steal. And he's going to be embraced at the garden and the douche chants are going to be running wild very soon. Uh, I, I'm one of my favorite fits. I, I'm telling oh, yeah. you, I mean, that dude is a gamer when he, when he gets on the floor, when he gets a shot, they're going to be like, we got to figure out a way to play this kid. And yep. it's a great problem to have. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be awesome. Yep. Yeah. And we were, I was really big on quickly too. I'm glad to see that he, you know, he started off hot and is looking really good for, for the Knicks as well. But Chris, man, that's going to bring another episode of draft capital to a close. A little teaser alert. If you didn't get enough of the no ceilings crew, rumor has it, Chris, <laughs> that our guy, Albert Gim of the draft act podcast, is going to be making an appearance here on Draft Capital. So the hits just keep coming, man. We have bangers, heater after heater. We're getting these guests lined up, man. And Tyler, again, thank you so much for being the first one, man. Just, uh, you know, came in here and hit a walk-off home run with us. So really appreciate you coming on, man. We're going to be chopping it up all year long. You already know that's what it's going to be. But, um, Chris, why don't we say something nice to the people before we get out of here, man? Man, uh, like I said, Tyler, appreciate uh, you coming on. Uh, Like I said, big fan of your work you know for for a while so uh it was definitely fun to ha- finally have you on and chop it up talk draft so like i said uh uh can't wait to have you back on again you know when the knicks finally win the championship and we can celebrate <laughs> together and all that but uh no uh man you know, you're you're a monster you're killing it at, at uh everything you're doing man so continue uh, continue success with everything you're doing man you know uh, keep killing it thank yep, you guys and- so much dude absolutely flowers upon flowers upon flowers for you and your crew man but um as for draft capital um, representing the off the ball network go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs this has been draft capital and we will catch up with y'all next time much love everybody